Hello and welcome to the Ideology Podcast. I'm Dr. Tim Ziddle, at Dr. Tim Ziddle on Instagram, and this is my weekly podcast where I create informative and short episodes designed to make personal growth and development fun again so you can cut the learning curve and become the best version of yourself while creating success at any level. Here we go. Hey there, Ideology Crew. It's Dr. Tim Zittle here, and I just wanted to hop on really quickly before we kickstart the episode by saying this is not only one of the longest episodes we've released, or it is the longest episode we've released, we've released, I believe it's the best. And I do always believe that because I believe we get better with every episode that we do. I think we get better content, better topics, better, even better guests. And uh, I'm really excited for you to hear from the person we're going to be connecting with today. Her name is Libby Parrington. I've been a friend of hers for years. She is TikTok famous, um, went viral. We'll talk about that a little bit on the interview. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I loved it because she uh, came on a trip with my my work team, my Treehive team to Mexico, and I just brought along the mic just in case, and I'm so glad I did. We just had some really cool conversations, totally unscripted, off the cuff, and uh, I just kind of picked it up on the microphone and um, you know, talked about some of the, the topics that kept coming up throughout the week for us, some similar things we were connecting on and learning and growing in. And uh, we talk about relationships. We talk about what it's like to identify when a relationship has expired, whether that's a friendship, a romantic relationship, a family relationship. What does it look like to go through the process of a breakup? What does it look like to rebuild yourself and to learn how to fall back in love with you again? And I'm really excited for you to hear this. And so without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and dive on in our interview with Libby Parrington, Life with Libby. Here we go. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tim Ziddle here with a very special guest in beautiful Cancun, Mexico. I am literally sitting here looking over at the ocean above some beautiful palm trees with the sun shining straight into my retinas. (laughs) And uh, with me... In the form of a human being, there's also birds you're going to hear in the background. There's lots of things with me, generally speaking. But with me specifically is a very famous person, probably the most famous person I've ever had on this podcast to date. Don't tell From people. TikTok fame. I kid you not, she has at least a thousand followers on TikTok. How many followers do you have on TikTok? Um, actually? Yeah. Uh, I think like 48,000. 48,000. So not that many, but a few. <laughs> this is Libby Parrington from the Life with Libby brand. It is a Life with Libby takeover. It is a Life with Libby takeover. And so I'm really excited to have her on the podcast. We, um, it's kind of interesting. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of things this morning. I feel like we just were having a conversation uh, as we were waking up and drinking our coffee and the conversation immediately started going to some places that I felt like needed to be documented, needed to be recorded, needed to be remembered. And so I stopped it cold turkey, ran inside the room, grabbed the microphone that I definitely did not bring with me for purposes just like this. (laughs) And I then set it all up over the last 20 minutes because I didn't know how to get it set up. And now here we are, and a minute and 45 seconds into this, we've wasted a minute and 45 of your life, but, but we're going to jump into, well, yeah, and we're having fun. We're going to jump into the real content here, and I'm excited for you to be able to experience that. A little bit about Libby and my experience of her, 
she's a total powerhouse. I first met her through some friends of mine, mutually in chiropractic. Um, she manages an office in Saline, Michigan. And, it, and of course, as soon as I say that you guys all know where Saline is, you've heard of it before, a top 10 places to go before you die. And, uh, and so I'm excited to have somebody from Celine here on the, uh, the podcast. No, if you're not familiar with Celine, Michigan, it's right outside of Ann Arbor, uh, where the university is that we don't talk about. I'm just kidding. University of Michigan. I'm not a Michigan fan, though, so that's fine. There you go. All right, we're not going to talk about it anymore. No more. All my Ohio State friends have just written off this podcast entirely. That's All right, Libby. Yeah. Take it away. Tell the people a little bit about you. Okay, um, I guess I guess the biggest thing is I have Bell's palsy. So if you are not familiar with Bell's palsy, Bell's palsy is a facial paralysis. Um, recently, Justin Bieber just got it. If you need like an idea of what it looks like, so I got my first episode of Bell's palsy when I was six. So I was super super young, right? Um, and I got my first. So I got my first episode when I was six, and it went away. And then it came back the following year when I was seven. And then it went away a little bit. And then third time's the charm and it stuck. So my Bell's palsy never went away. So I've had full facial reconstruction surgeries done on the left side of my face. I've had like, oh, I've gone through a lot with Bell's palsy. But I think that that's probably, that's where the, that's where the brain life with Libby came from. Because we would go to doctor's appointments and when things wouldn't go the way that we thought or the way that we would hope, we would just say, oh, that's life with Libby. Never did I think that I would turn it into the brand that it is and what it's what it's going to be and what it's growing into be. Yeah, so, never did you realize that you would get stopped in airports by the Southwest gate agent lady asking if you were the real life with Libby <laughs> and if we were your entourage. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been as many places and felt as obsolete <laughs> as traveling with this girl. <laughs> That's so uh, rare. That's so rare. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool, though, because, and I think this highlights one of the things we were talking about earlier, because yeah. you just come right out with it. And I yes. think that that is, like, for all of the areas in which we're very similar, and for those of you listening who don't know either of us, um, we're pretty much the same person. <laughs> I think it's one of the things that makes us such best friends. Like, best friends to the point where it's like, we're both single people experiencing life, and we literally... Are, are in Cancun. I, I brought my team to Cancun, and um, as a result of that process, Libby was able to jump on last minute and come, and we're just buddies. Like, we're hanging out yeah. here, and we're having a good time, and, um, you know, again, just, just experiencing life together, and, and we're being pretty much the same person. We see a lot of the same things, um, it, or, or it's a lot of things the same way, but one of the fundamental differences that we have is... Libby wears her entire life on her sleeve. One of the most transparent people I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, every struggle, every heartache, every pain she's experienced, it just comes out effortlessly in conversation. And I, I know that that isn't representative of the hurt that she might feel from the standpoint of how easily she shares it. But me, on the other hand, I'm somebody that shares very little to nothing. Most people never know about... Uh, the things that, that I go through, and that's because I, I, I am just a chronic avoider. <laughs> I bury it so deep, I never have to talk about it, and it still hurts and affects me over and over again. It's like death by a thousand cuts, but with that, that's a different story I'll talk about with my therapist later. Um, but no, I, I admire that, and I love that, and I think that that's something that we could all grow from, and, and 
Libby, I just want you to talk a little bit more about the kind of the story about how it came to be that way for you and how living so transparently has affected your ability to relate to other people or other people to relate to you. How have you built a community around sharing the things that are most vulnerable, the things that, that, that most people would look at and say are greatest weaknesses or greatest failures or greatest hurts? How has that turned, how have you turned those into your greatest strengths? So I think it started because I hated my Bell's palsy for a long time, obviously. I mean, that is a that is a physical difference that you have in your appearance. And it was hard because everybody has struggles, right? But mine was visible. And I was, I don't want to say ashamed or embarrassed, but I just, I didn't like it. And it was, it took me a long time. And then what, I, it wasn't like one day, but I can remember like one week very, very vividly that I finally was just like, why am I hiding what God made? Like, God God made me on purpose, and he did this with purpose, and this wasn't an accident. And so for me to hate something that God made specifically for me, and so once I realized that, everything kind of changed. And I started to be more comfortable with Bell's palsy, and I started sharing it more. And just showing up very authentically and be like, okay, well, I can't fake this. Like, you can... You can fake being a good person you can fake you can fake all of these things but you cannot fake half of your face not working like that is not a fake it till you make it type situation so once I started showing up I there's a Bell's Palsy support group page on Facebook and I went live in there and I shared my story and it's got like hundreds of thousands of people in there and I had so many people reach out and they're like you have made me not hate this so much and I was like whoa, that gives me the confidence wow. because not everybody has the confidence to show up. I didn't yeah. for a long time. Totally. So once I started showing up in that and then I took it to my Instagram and I started like showing up with Bell's Palsy there. Like I, it wasn't until, th- so I've had Bell's Palsy since I was six. So it'll be 20 years <clears throat> next spring. And it wasn't until three years ago that in pictures I stopped cropping the left side of my face out. Like, mm. this this was a long wound to heal. Yeah. So once I started sharing my full face, people were like, oh, she has Bell's palsy. So then more Bell's palsy people started following me on Instagram. And once I start, was able to, like, connect with those people, and even people struggling with other things were like, you're so open and honest about this struggle that you're going through. You make me want to show up in my life. And once I got a taste of that, I was like, if I can go through my pain, share my pain so vulnerably and so open and so honest, but give someone else the courage to show up in their life, then my pain was worth it. And I'd do it over and over and over again. Wow. So what advice would you give someone like me, for instance, who shares very little lives like their their life i mean most of my life from a professional sense is already in a very distinct spotlight um whether it's operating out of a practice in a community every single day where you know if you make a mistake or if you have a flaw it's going to get magnified sure and and there's a there's an awesome responsibility that comes with that but also a burden and a weight um or it's traveling around the country doing things like speaking at conferences or coaching other teams and uh other businesses and other ceos and 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 again, looking at that, there's a certain stigma that, that comes along with that to where privacy in my personal life is supreme. That's yeah. like my highest value. Yeah. But what does it look like for somebody like that to to come out from the cave a little bit and to start to experience life more vulnerably 
in order to connect with more people, what are, what's your advice for people like that and how they can start to do that? Because I'm assuming you probably wouldn't tell them to just like dive in head first, or maybe you would. I think you need to figure out what you're afraid of and why do you care what people think. That's what it comes down to. Why, why do you not want to let people into your life? What are you so afraid that they're going to find out? Because everybody has shit. Everybody has a shit storm in their life that, they're, that they don't want people to know. And why are, why are you afraid to let someone else see your ugly wounds when you know damn well everybody has them? Like, open, open it up. Because once you figure out what you're afraid of, and, and honestly and truly what most people are afraid of is what other people think. Who gives a shit? They don't wake up every day in your life and you're missing out on friendships, relationships, business opportunities. Like, because I've shared Bell's Palsy, my Instagram has grown and now I'm going to be able to step into a different light. What are you, why are you so afraid to let people into the deepest, darkest parts of you? Like, everybody has shit. I think it all boils down to the principle of rejection. I think it's one of the primary human fears at least I don't think I'm alone with that. So it's like with that, if you if you're opening yourself up to somebody and and it's to the extent it's a safe extent, right? Yep. And they reject you, they never really knew all of you in the first place. Right. But if you open up to somebody and it was you, right? Like you you know we've all been through those experiences right. of rejection. You gave that person everything you had, the yep. deepest parts of you, the darkest parts of you, yep. and they still said no. Man, that's a whole different type of pain. It's a whole different type of fear. And so when you have that in friendships, when you have that in relationships, and you, you've given everything and that gets rejected, you know, how does that not deter you from wanting to do more or from wanting to be safer and not share as much or be more guarded or protected? God never intended them to be in your life for a long period of time if they were just there for a season then. If, if, if somebody can look in, if somebody can come into your life see the deepest, darkest parts of you, judge you for that, they weren't meant to be there in the first place. They were there for a season, and God didn't intend you to do life with somebody who couldn't look at all of your flaws and be like, I love you anyway. Mm-hmm. That goes for relationships, that goes for friendships, and I think it all, like, I've had people walk right out of my life, and it stings at first, sure, but then once you realize, like, all right, well, God's got a plan, and they're not a part of mine, and that's okay. They're a part of somebody else's, and God is never going to put people in my life that aren't supposed to be there. Yeah. And there's so much to learn. Like, I think some people come into your life for seasons. Other people are their lifetimes. Like, I've grown a lot in the last, I mean, six, seven, eight months, and there are friends that I'm not friends with anymore and you can outgrow people and that's okay and I think that sometimes people think that outgrowing people is is bad because you want to hold on to that friendship because at one point it was good yes at one point it was good and you grew from it but not everybody's supposed to stay forever sure you'll you'll have your lifers like you'll have your four lifer people you'll have those and you'll know those people and but not everybody is supposed to be like that I don't think yeah. I think that I think the older that you get, the smaller your friend circle gets, and people are gonna come and go. Like, all of my friends are getting married and having babies right now, which is super cool, and I love yeah. that for them. And so I'm 25, so I have oh, a to be young. Shut up! <laughs> You're only five years older than listen. I am. Listen, I don't even. I turn 30 tomorrow. Okay, I'm on the I'm on the eve of of my life taking a tragic downfall. Anyways, Stop. continue. But I think you just have to, like, also understand that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Exactly where you're supposed to be. And 
in God's plan for it, though. Like, I, yeah. I truly believe in that. And so all of my friends are getting married and having babies, and I'd love that for them, and I'm outgrowing some friends. And does it make me sad? Yes, but there's no bad blood there. Yeah. It's like, I, I still love them so much, but we're just at different seasons of our life, and I'm going to meet people and get closer with people who are not in that season, and I can grow with them. And then one day they'll move on and do other things, and that and that's okay. I think... If you just stick to your path... So my friend Jules said this to me because I recently had quite the quite the shitstorm. And she's, it was this guy tried to come back into my life. And she's like, Libby, we're all on a path, right? And sometimes there are obstacles on paths, okay? You can either say it's a bush, okay? You're on this path and you have a bush. <laughs> or, or a tree. I don't know. Jules, Jules explained This analogy it. is going downhill very quickly. It is, but Jules, Jules said a bush and I didn't like the way that she said that. But now that's the only thing that can come to mind. Okay, it's a tree. It's a tree. Or a rock. A big rock. It's a boulder. Okay. And you have a bush. <laughs> that's the one line I'm going to capture in this whole episode. No, we're editing this out. No, please don't edit this out. Okay, so you have a rock or whatever okay. on your path. You can either sit there while this person is there on your path right. and allow them to stop you from going where you need to be. Or you can be like, okay, I'm going to continue to move forward in my life. You can either come with me or you can stay, but I'm not going to sit with you. I'm not going to sit mm. with you because this is my life. And I'm going to show up in my life. If you want to come, that's fantastic. If yeah. not, that's fantastic too. Because you have your own path. And I might yep. be a rock in your yep. path that you either need to decide is either coming with you or going. Yeah. You, like That's th- so deep. So so at what point do you at what point do you realize, right? There there's gonna be people listening to this that have that have friendships, relationships, family relationships, work relationships. There's going to be people that are connected to other people right now that are in that season and they're wondering when do you let go? Like when do you move on? If at what cons- point at what point does that relationship become so one-sided or does it become so disproportionate or dysfunctional? Mm-hmm. Like how do you yeah. know when to walk away? I don't know. I think it depends on every person because I recently have been very much so cutting people out. I will I will burn the bridge. I do not care. I have been burned so many times. I'm like, if it is draining you of your energy, if it is draining you of your peace, if it is getting if if that relationship is giving you anxiety, walk away from it. And I'm going to say something very bold and a lot of people are going to disagree, even if it's family. Family does blood does not make you family. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I have been hurt more by my own family than I have my like people who are not blood. If if family, if your family is toxic, or if there, if you are in a toxic relationship where it is draining you of your energy, it is draining you of your peace, it's giving you anxiety. Get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Get out. Yeah. Because you, it's your life. It's your life. Do not allow somebody else to come in and mess mess your life up. For why? Do they really bring that much value to you? If you if you can't sleep at night, if you're anxious, or if you're always thinking about this situation, they're not bringing that much value to your life. Move on. It's, I'm not saying it's not going to be hard. It's going to be so hard. It's so hard. I haven't talked to some of my family in almost eight months. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you that walking away from people isn't going to be hard and you're not going to still think about them because you're going to be. But that's a different kind of hurt and that's a different kind of... It's a different kind of pain. You can be... I would rather be lonely by myself than lonely with other people. Wow. That's deep. One of my friends, his name's Ed Holmes, and he says, everywhere you turn, there's going to be gifts and there's going to be pain. 
Yeah. And he said basically he wants to always, like, for him, having control of his life means that he gets to choose the pain he feels. Yes. And I think that that's, like, that's so deep there. So we've gone through the fact that, like, there's going to be some relationships that just aren't healthy for you. Yeah. Some Some relationships, you know, Ronnie Doss, one of both of our mentors, yeah. talks about how people are in your life for a reason, they're in your life for a season, or they're in your life for a lifetime. One of my favorite quotes is one of the first ones I ever heard him say, stuck with me all these years. So we talked about that and how important it is to identify the people. Obviously, your lifetime people, you can't get rid of them, right? They're like warts, right? <laughs> they so are. You, with that, you know, you just can't can't make them go away. Your, your reason people, you're going to know because you learned a lesson from that encounter. And I think that's really important, too. One of yeah. the things I've been reading into is called the human design. And it specifically talks about, for my personality type, the fact that... I am a polarizing type of person. Like, I, if you're listening to this, you pro- and, and you know me at all, you probably know this about me. You either love me or you hate me. There's not much in between. Uh, and 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 I'm learning how to accept that because I want to be universally loved by all people, which is probably why. I know. Okay, why? I'm not saying it's healthy. It's not healthy. It's true. Do you but want me to like shatter? No. That? Later. That'll be a therapy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I need to be laying down on the couch. For that. Um. Anyway, with that, one of the things it's told me to really step into is the fact that as I learn more and more of what my purpose is and I get set and centered on what I'm supposed to be doing, to do it recklessly with, with, a, with, with no fear of abandonment. And the reason for that is all of these interactions and collisions that I'm having with people, um, some of them move me forward, some of them teach me something about myself, you know, but, but all of them, whether it has a positive end result or a negative end result, those collisions are good for something. Like they mean something and they force not only me, but they force every person I come in contact with to evolve, right? They force them to, to move them in some direction down their path. And that in and of itself is a gift and recognizing that somebody getting upset at, at, at the way that we're living, somebody getting upset at something we're doing, most of the time they don't have the context. They don't know that, you know, all, the, all of the backstory around it, they don't know what's actually going on. They just know what they see on social media. They just know what they hear or what they want to hear from that. Yep. And with that, they're going to develop their own impression, Right. And I think with that, it's it's so easy to get caught up in, well, they must think this. Well, they must feel this way. And if they do, then that must mean something about the way I'm showing up based off what I think they think. You yeah. know, and, and that so, rabbit hole can go so far down. Yeah, and Les Brown has a quote. It says, other people's opinion of you does not need to become your reality. Yeah. It and, doesn't. And Ronnie says something similar. He says, we're not responsible. Nope for the version of us that Absolutely. someone else created in their mind. Absolutely. I'll say that again. That is just uh, every time I hear it it like blows my mind even more. We're not responsible as an individual for the version of us that somebody else has created in their mind. And I think that if we really stepped into that, if I really stepped into that, I think it would help move me forward, move us forward closer to the person, the truest version of ourselves. So we've talked about how people aren't Every person's not going to be a lifetime person. We've talked about identifying that person and understanding when is, what are the signs? When is it time to start letting go? And now the question is, you know, really for, for both of us, you and I, one of the consistent conversations we've been having this week so far is what does it look like to rebuild after you've let people go? What does it look like to piece yourself back together after what you think 
are fundamental pieces of your life, fundamental pieces of your relationship puzzle, friendship, family relationships, romantic relationship. What does it look like to start to put the pieces back together, to start to fall back in love with yourself when you've been rejected? You got an ugly cry. <laughs> Get out of here. From one eye. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, to that comment. I can only cry from the right side of my yeah, face. Yeah, I can now. only, so the, with Bill's palsy, I cannot <laughs> cry out of the left side of my face. So I only cry out of one eye. And so. That was a dig. That was a, that was a dig, but I love when people make fun of my face because then that means that we've reached a whole new level of friendship and everything is off the table. No, I think you need to ugly cry. Um, allow, allow yourself to feel the feelings. And this is where, Tim, this is where you and I are very similar. Something happens. Somebody does us dirty. I just saw a dolphin. Not lying. Holy shit. That was the coolest thing ever. It's like way out there. It's gone now. It's gone now. You can't see it. It was just an experience for me. She saw this imaginary dolphin. Let me guess. Did it have a unicorn on it? Yeah, it did. It had a... Had a... That was a, that was a very Libby thing. I told Tim, I was like, you know that this episode is going to be very chaotic, right? <laughs> One of my team members, she had a little niece, and she couldn't say unicorn, and so she called them hoonicorns. And I just a thought, that, and now every time I hear that, that's okay. why I think. Well, that. that's what anyways, I was gonna say. Anyways, anyways, yeah, hoonicorns, hoonicorn dolphin out there. A hoonicorn. The singular singular solitary dolphin that d- does not swim in a pod like the rest of them. Okay. But Libby saw it. So. But I saw it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Con- continue. You gotta with, feel your feelings. Ugly cry. Let's bring it, this back. I saw it with my right eye. Okay. So, Ooh, so with I your good eye. With my good eye. Okay. Okay. We're so we're bringing it back. Bring it back. So you gotta feel your feelings. You, you gotta, gotta ugly cry. Yes. You have to. I want to touch on the feel your feelings. Yes. I think that you and I are so similar. And somebody does this dirty. We're upset at first, and then our second gut reaction is, "All right, I did, It's fine. It's fine. I got it. I'll handle it. I'll do it myself. I don't need it. I can do this. Like I don't want to say like bad bitch energy because I don't like." the idea that comes with that but like it's fine i'll handle it myself i'll do it myself i don't need them it's fine so but i have a step in between i do not okay so i go I, have a- I go from feeling like horrendously hurt yes. like basically just like like my life is crumbling like yeah. falling to pieces as a result of nothing i could have done like right even maybe it was even nothing i did wrong and then from there, I immediately go into what could I have done better to fix it. I go immediately into reflection. Like, I should have done this differently. I should have been this differently. Like, I should, I could have saved this, right? Because I'm a fixer. Sure. And then when I've realized, when it all sets in and the grief really hits in full and the feelings hit in the wave, that's when I go into like, fuck this. I never needed to feel this way yeah. anyways. Yep. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I think I'm going to talk about the cheating situation for a hot second. So, if anybody would it. like to hear this full story, it is, um, it's called Stateside Curveball. If you want to get real, real upset for Libby, if, yeah. you, if you want to be, like, viscerally mad about the way that somebody does someone else wrong, yeah. you should listen to that episode. So, when Stateside Curveball first happened, when I first found out that he had cheated, I bawled my eyes out because it hurt. I mean, going through a deployment and then having somebody cheat while they're deployed is awful. At first I was sad, and then my second gut reaction is, fuck this. Yeah. Like, I he doesn't deserve me. Right. And then it usually takes me a while to really process what happens, because on a front, I want to be such a strong person. And that was a situation, Tim and I were just talking about it, that's kind of how this podcast episode started, was I was talking about situations that hurt me, and I will share them so vulnerably. I shared all of stateside curveball i shared all of that through my instagram 
And with that, so many people reached out and was like, I've gone through a similar situation and like, you give me so much hope for that. And that's great. But then it really starts to hit me and then I need closure. Mm. But it takes, it takes a while. But I think if you don't allow yourself, like I have to sometimes force myself, not force myself, but like sometimes I have to sit myself down and be like, all right, libs. Are you sad about this? Because if you are, you need to confront those feelings or you're going to bring unnecessary baggage into your next relationship. What does it mean to confront feelings? Um, like really sit down with yourself and be like, okay, do I really feel like fuck them or do I really feel like the, no, my heart hurts. My heart hurts. And be honest with yourself. And even if it's over silly little things, like some things triggered it, like here's a perfect example the movie top gun came out and i physically hurt hmm. because it reminded me of him yep. and i was like i don't like this and instead of just being like oh no it's fine i was like no like sister girl like this hurts your heart sit yep. and be sad about it don't don't mope around forever and everybody processes things differently but like allow yourself to be sad and i think sometimes people think that after like a traumatic thing happens or after a breakup you have to be sad. Like, you just have to be sad right away. No, you can be sad, and then you can be happy, and then you can be... Like, you can allow yourself to feel and go in waves because it's not it's not steady consistent. Nobody's path is steady and consistent. Stop telling yourself that. Yeah. Stop comparing yourself to somebody's highlight reel where it makes it look like their life is steady and perfect all the time because that's bullshit. And it's if bullshit. you look at Libby's Instagram, you're going to realize her life actually is like a highlight reel. No. Because she is TikTok famous. Stop. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Don't tell people that. And so, being TikTok famous, what's your username on TikTok? TikTok is not where I'm famous. <laughs> I'm not famous. She's on of Instagram fame as well. No. That's two platforms, two for the price of one. Or two for the price of one. No, it, it, it's interesting because I heard this, I heard grief described this way, and it, it forever revolutionized the way that I look at grief, which is really funny because I grew up surrounded by grief. And I don't talk about it a lot, but. I grew up uh, as the the kid. You hear people talk about being a PK, right? A preacher's kid. I grew up as an FDK, right? The funeral director's kid, which I know again, very well esteemed position. Kids are fighting over who gets to be adopted by this family. Um, I was not adopted. I was born into it, so a life of privilege uh, in in the funeral business. Um, but with that, in all seriousness, I was surrounded by grief. And I got to see what it looked like firsthand for my dad to step into places where he was grieving with people. And for the longest time, I had a very distorted view of grief. Um, and I really thought that grief was a form of just like gut-wrenching overwhelm of emotions, essentially. And that, that it only went away with time. And that with time, it would get less and less and less and less gradually over time until you really wouldn't feel it as much anymore and you would have either fond memories or sad memories, but, but, but it wouldn't really affect you that much. And then I heard an analogy that completely changed the way that I view grief, and I feel like it's so much more accurate. And that's why I want to share it now, because grief looks many different ways. You can grieve at the loss of a loved one. You can grieve at the, you know, for, for many people I know out there, at the loss of, of possessions, whether that's from a fire or a, a, a natural disaster or a robbery or a crime, something like that. You can grieve the loss of relationships. You can grieve the loss of, uh, of, of you know, really anything. Anytime you have something that you have an attachment to and, and you lose it or it breaks or it's dysfunctional, there can be grief. You can even still be in relationship with somebody and have a hurt and feel grief over it. And with that... 
what I heard was that grief is like a box with a button on the side. And inside of this box is a ball. And the at, at the beginning of the event, when the event first happens, the size of the ball is in direct proportion to the inside of the box, which means that button against the side is mashed against the side of the box. And whenever that button is pressed, you feel the full wave of emotions. This is sadness, hurt, anger, bitterness, loss, like whatever it is that you will feel, and you feel it fully, wholly, completely, as long as that button is pressed. And grief is not necessarily that that button grows smaller and less painful over time, but that the ball inside of that box gets smaller over time, and as it rocks back and forth and gets smaller over time, that button doesn't get pressed quite as often. But when it gets pressed and that ball comes back and hits that button, you feel the full wave of those emotions. The level and the depth of those emotions never goes away. When you feel it, you feel it fully. But the more time that passes, the smaller that ball gets and the less that button gets pressed. And so I feel like it's worth noting that when she's talking about feeling those feelings, it might, when she's saying you might feel happy and then you might feel sad, you might feel happy, you might feel sad, the high of that happiness and the low of that sad they might be in equal proportion. Mm -hmm. You might have a mountaintop experience, like oh, me right yeah. now, sitting in, in Cancun, you know, listening to the birds sing and, and hearing about a solitary dolphin that Libby saw out <laughs> in the ocean and experiencing the high and the joy of that moment. And 20 minutes from now, I might feel absolutely gutted, completely crippled by the weight of my own heartbreak. Um, and, and with that, I think that's where it comes in, in terms of feeling the feelings and processing that is not having to put form on it, yep. not having to label yes. what is okay to feel or Amen. for how long is it okay to feel it. And just understanding that sitting in that emotion could be a lot of things. Like in, in the course of this trip, I've done everything from like dance my butt off at a pool with some fun adult beverages of which I will not speak which ones I had or how many. <laughs> Dancing to all USA tunes performed by a, an incredible Latin cover band. It was fantastic. It was so good. I had a blast. Celebrating the birthday USA. of America. I posted a meme earlier I thought it was really interesting. This fun little rabbit hole we're going down. Yeah. And it said, it's so interesting to watch people celebrate the birth of freedom and independence every year as we lose more freedom and yeah, independence. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyways, that's a different that's story entirely. A different episode. Um, but anyways, I've gone from that, right? Da literally dancing in a pool surrounded by people. that Just pure celebration, pure jubilee. To then walking down a beach an hour later, feeling complete, like the bottom just fell out. Like just completely like wishing everything could be different. Wishing, you know, for people to be here that aren't here. Uh, wishing to 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 create memories and experiences that that can't be made, and I think that it's it's important not to place a level of should right. Mm -hmm. um, my, my, one of my let friends recently said, "Stop shitting yourself." <laughs> yeah, let go of should. Yes, and I think that that's that's huge. But um, so, Olivia, you talked about you know kind of getting back to processing through that. You talked about ugly cry, mm -hmm. feeling your feelings. And really, we really dove in deep on that, what it means to feel your feelings, to go back and forth between the happy and the sad and, and not having to place form on that. What else do you do to start to move yourself forward, to fall back in love with yourself, to start to get grounded again and realize that at the end of the day, you having what you have in this moment is enough. Yeah. 
yeah. and that you can keep moving forward from there. I want to touch on the grieving thing for a hot second, too. Yeah. You can grieve people, but you can also uh, grieve the idea of something. Ooh, that's good. Because that... I'm, I'm a big-time dreamer. Like, I'm a daydreamer through and through and through. And then, You may say I'm a dreamer, <laughs> but I'm not the only one. Because we got Libby here. She's also a dreamer. Yeah, I am a dreamer. Yeah. And I think when something doesn't go the way that I thought it would, I grieve those experiences really hard. That hmm. and But that goes along with the let go of should. But yep. the... Let go of the way that things should be. All right, well, it should have been like that. All right, well, it's not. But allow yourself to feel that. But getting back getting back to yourself, I will say one thing that I do for me every single day that has, like, really, truly changed my life, which is how Tim and I started this podcast today, was I have a morning routine. Every morning I journal. Write it out. And there are some days when I don't want to, t- I don't want to talk about it. I, I don't want to write about it. I don't want to talk about it. And I will write that. I will, I will acknowledge the situation, but I'm not ready to confront it just yet. And I'll write that. Write that in your journal. I'll be like, I'm, I acknowledge that this has happened, but I'm not ready. I, I'm not ready to feel those feels yet. And that's okay. Um, so I journal and then I write down 10 things I'm grateful for. And I think and those can be big things they can be small things like i think i write down i'm grateful for my coffee almost every single day Mm. because why not that's something so good it is so good that is something that i'm grateful for so and then i do my devotional and then i um write down my daily affirmations those are huge because when you are when you are in a headspace of brokenness and you're writing down your daily affirmations, it almost helps remind you of where you're going. Don't forget who you are in the middle of grieving. You might have like a complete identity identity crisis and be like, "What the fuck am I doing? Where am I at in life? How how am I here?" And that's okay. Allow yourself to feel that, but also like remember what you want in life. And I learned very quickly that some of the things that I had wanted in life weren't actually what I wanted. It's what I thought somebody else wanted from me. Whoa. Yeah. And once I realized that, like, I, for, like, a year, in, I was in a long-term relationship, and the things that I was writing down, the things that I wanted to do, were not actually things that I wanted to do. They were things that I thought that other people wanted from me. And so if you're going to do your daily affirmations... And as you're writing it down, it's like, wow, like, that's something that that person wanted from me. Scratch it and write something fucking new. Write something new. Because that's not actually a daily affirmation for you. That was a daily affirmation for them, and that's not helping build you up. Write down what you want to chase in your life. Write down your dreams. Move towards things that you want to do. And be selfish about that. Be selfish about that. You are the only person who wakes up every day and puts the work in. Are you going to put the work in towards something that you want or towards something that somebody else wants? Wow. It's kind of a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> but it's true. Are you showing up in your life for other people or are you showing up for yourself? You need to show up daily for yourself because at the end of the day, when you go to bed, it's just you. So how are you showing up daily for yourself, Libby? Uh, I am working towards my goals. I have so many things that I want to accomplish in my life 
And I think sometimes people think they need to be big steps. And by people, I mean me. I used to think that I had to do big steps every day. Uh, but you don't. Just take small steps in the right direction. Write down... Okay, so here's, here's an exercise for you to do. Write down what your big goal is. So, like, right now, one of my goals... Oh, I'm going to share this with y'all. You this are. Is, this is so You're fun. You're putting it on here. So, I don't know why this is where I want to speak, but the Huntington Center in... I think it's in Ohio. It's in Toledo, Ohio. Ooh. Is... Um, Dark place. I, yeah, sorry. But that's where I saw Lauren Daigle perform last year, and that was, like, an incredible experience for me. And that's Is just, it just me that calls her Christian Adele? Or is that is that No, no, widely? no, that's everybody. Okay. Everybody calls her Christian Adele. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And she is. She is absolutely phenomenal life. Oh, my God. So um, I saw her perform there, and I remember sitting there, and she had sold out the arena. And it's, it's a big arena. I, I don't want to, like, minimize her success because it's a big yes. arena, but it's not huge. Right. And I remember sitting there. I was like, I will speak on that stage one day. I, I was there, and I was like, I think I could do this. Like, Ford Field is too, too big. I, like, that's a big dream one day, but, like, I need a baby. I need a baby step first. So I write down every morning, I'm speaking on stage at the Huntington Center. I also write down, I'm a featured guest on the Today Show. So... What am I doing right now? I am showing up to where my content, when I send it in to somebody, they would be like, yes, absolutely. Yes, she could provide value to our show. Yes, she could sell out that arena. And that looks different every day. Some days that's doing podcasts like this. Some days that's working on back office things that I don't really want to do. Or I'm coming out with a, oh, this is another fun spoiler i'm coming out with a training plan Ooh. i love the gym you heard it here first you did hear it here first because i have not said this anywhere you heard it here first i'm coming out with a training plan and i'm looking towards august is when wow. i think i'm going to launch that because i have so many people ask me about my workout routine and i always felt that i wasn't qualified and that's bullshit i am incredibly qualified for that and i think that that's another myth that people need to bust why not you why not you why why not Give me, give me your best bullshit answer as to why not you. Why can't you have all the success? You have to put the work in, but, like, why can't it be you? Oh, because I, I wasn't born with money. Okay, yeah, nobody was born with anything. You come into this world naked and afraid. Yeah, but what if their family had money? Okay, if you... Well, how are you... Do you want money? Do you want well, I'm to not be? saying this personally for myself. Right, I'm right. saying these are reasons that people have given me. Okay. So you said that you don't have money? That per Yeah. I had somebody tell me once that they could not replicate the success that I was telling them that they could have because they did not They did not have the financial resources to do so and they had not been born into a place where they had the privilege. Find it. How? I don't know. My entrepreneur brain is like... I know, right? Yeah. You know, guess, the, the, that's when the brain starts going, right? That's where the real creativity th comes in. Not everybody thinks of that. Um, hey, and listen, I want to put in a little, like, just a tiny little side note here, which probably means I'm going to talk for way too long about yeah. this. I love getting that answer because, like, especially sitting here having a conversation with Libby and myself, like, we are self-made. Like, oh, my parents 110%. did not, my parents did not fund any of this. Like, my grandparents, like, I did not have that family money. I had to make very costly financial mistakes to get here. And with that, like, and I'm not saying that to, to in any way, shape, or form, like, degrading my parents. My parents are beautiful people. And they gave me things worth far more than, than money itself. They, they instilled character values and, and things like that that I, that I will forever be grateful for. Having said that, though, when some, whenever somebody comes to me with money, the way that I look at money is so different from yeah. how 
I feel like I used to as a kid growing up. You know, I used to think like a, a $50 bill was like unheard of. I was like, I would see one. It was like this mythical creature, like much less a hundred dollars. Like a dolphin out there. Right, exactly. Like a, a solitary dolphin <laughs> that apparently was seen 10 minutes ago. Anyways, <laughs> with that, this lone dolphin. Um, anyway, um, with that. I think it's something to where it's like when I hear that and I hear somebody say, oh, if only I could afford this or, oh, this is too expensive. My mind immediately goes to how would we make it affordable if we could? Like what would be the strategy by which we could go from having something that we could never afford to having something that's a staple part of our lives? I just don't accept that there's something out there that's out of the realm of possibility. And I think that this is where most people, they get hung up is if the resource is not readily or easily available, they believe they're either undeserving of it, will never have it, cannot achieve it. What? No. you. This is where the creativity begins. This is where the process begins. And so to immediately discount yourself and tell yourself, oh, well, I'll never have this or I would never be able to do this, that in my mind is just, it is shocking to me how much we limit ourselves and how easily we limit ourselves because I have made an entire livelihood, an entire career off of making absolutely insane bets on myself with the highest risks mm-hmm. and somehow not fucking those up. <laughs> somehow coming through on those. Somehow coming through. And so that's where it's just like, I do not understand. I just don't even, my brain, I'm at a point now where my brain can't even rationalize like something being out of the realm of possibility. Right. I also just realized the money thing was a direct step on my toes because I told you that last no, time. No, not oh. at all. I hear, oh. it, I hear it all the time. Okay. Like I hear, okay. I hear it from I was like, everybody. Well, wait, shit, but that's you why. Just stepped on my toes. But I love the the fact that we have the type of relationship to where it's like we can challenge each other with our oh. language because I think yeah. it's so people get. I say people. I do it too. Get so lazy with our language, and oh. immediately things can start to creep in. Like I can't. I won't. Oh. I shouldn't. I, I like things like it's too expensive. I hate that phrase. It's too expensive. My friend Ed, again, one of the the wisest things I've heard him say is he said, it's not in my budget yet. And that's so key. Yeah. There's yeah. a huge difference between saying something's too expensive. Boom. You've placed a ceiling on yourself. Right. Like you've told yourself, I'll never reach X goal versus saying it's not in my budget yet. Yeah. I'm working towards that. Right. That is, it's open-ended. It's yep. possible. And so easily we limit ourselves. And again, you know, kind of getting back to uh, that, I think it does come full circle because it also comes into this in the scope of our relationships. And I think that when I think about that, it's oftentimes not even when we're single and building ourselves and we're open to finding someone, but in seasons like this for both Libby and I, when we're coming out of experiences that have left us absolutely destroyed. And we're thinking about the of like, what does it even look like to like have a day to day? What does it even look like to do a life that's just me after envisioning a complete life with someone else? What does it look like to rebuild that and to start to move forward from that? And I think that there's a large part of that to where we could limit ourselves and say, well, I'll never have the person I deserve. Well, I'll never because I've been told, oh, this is what you deserve. This is what you need. This is what you can have. And it's like, fuck all of that, right? right? Like, wh- why is That's anybody else going to limit that? Yeah. <laughs> if I deserve so much better, why did they cheat on me? <laughs> but also, why is it that we feel like we're never going to get somebody that doesn't cheat, right? Why is it <laughs> right. that we're, that we, like, for me, this is going to be a rare moment of vulnerability for me. Glivia, you're rubbing off on me. Oh! For me, it's about abandonment, right? For me, mm. every single person I've ever cared deeply for 
or I've allowed to love me vulnerably and transparently has left, sure. right? And I think that, that some of those people have come back and some of those people have left again. Some of those people left the first time and it was poof, like gone in a, in a cloud of smoke. But with that, I think one of the most important things to realize is that that shouldn't at all lower the standard for what we're looking for. In fact, if anything, it should just help us get more clear about what we're going to accept into our life. Because once I've tasted this, this, you know, something shitty, I don't want to taste it again. No. So I'm so proud of you for opening up, like, and saying fear of abandonment, because that's something that I had to overcome. Because here's more vulnerability for y'all. I do not speak to my dad. My parents got divorced when I was really little. It was a really awful, nasty divorce. And my dad and I have never been close. So when it comes to relationship, all I've ever known is men leaving me. And for a long time, I told myself, if my own dad can walk out of my life and only come back when it's convenient for him, that's how all men are supposed to be. I'm 25 and I'm just fucking learning that that's actually not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be. And that's a hard thing to get over. The fear of, so I get that. The fear of abandonment is very, very real. But I think it circles back to what I said about people are supposed to be in your life and blood doesn't make you family. My, my dad coming in and my, my dad coming in and my, out of my life has nothing to do with me. And I think once I realized it was nothing that I did wrong, it was nothing, there was nothing I could have done better. I was a kid and you chose that and that's okay. And that's okay. And I don't need to be afraid that everybody is going to leave me because then you're already putting that in the universe that you're afraid and then you're living in that fear. And once I realized if somebody would like to walk out of my life and go find better, go find better, babe. Go find better. And I, I mean that with a little bit of a bitchy tone, like a little bit, but also like if you think that somebody is better suited for you, go find better. Yeah. Because somebody out there has the same mindset that we do and they are trying to find better and they're going to find us. So how do you begin to see yourself that way? How do you begin to see yourself with the level of importance, value, power, what does it look like to start when, when, when other people by their actions or by their words or maybe both yeah. have said everything in direct contradiction to that, to you, have done everything in direct contradiction? Because if someone's really a fucking powerhouse, right. why would you leave them? If someone's really a star, if someone's really they an A player, but that's what I'm saying. They can't hang. But with that, so how do you start to see yourself that way? Like, what are you telling yourself or, or what are you stepping into that's allowing you to see yourself the way that other people need to see you? I know that I'm a lot. I think once I think a lot of people who bring a lot to the table feel that what I'm about to say is incredibly cocky and incredibly arrogant. I know what I need. I know what I bring to the table. I will eat alone. Be afraid to not don't be afraid to eat alone. I will build the damn table by myself. I don't need you. I want you in my life. And that's the difference. And I think once you realize in yourself who you are being being so incredibly comfortable in who you are. Tim and I were talking about this. I'm going to tell you a side story. Oh, gosh. So, Tim and I were talking about this at the grocery store. This may or may not be true. <laughs> well, true. I, was, I was talking. I was telling <laughs> Tim the story. Tim was not involved in the story. Tim used to make me so nervous. Like, oh, I would start profusely sweating anytime Dr. Andrew and Kelsey would start talking about Tim. I don't even have a TikTok. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and now, I'm here in Cancun. 
hanging out with Tim, and if three years ago Libby would have known that, I probably would have shit my pants, but I'm so much more confident now in who I am. Why, why do people make you nervous? Yeah, and it's like, and the weirdest part is like, it's like, I would have looked at this and I would have been like, man, this is kind of weird. Like, I am going on what everyone else would say, like, is a romantical yeah, they asked, type of trip. They asked Every- if we wanted a candlelight service. Yeah, like, everybody. Candlelight dinner, we're like, mm, we're like, uh, we're just no. friends. We're just friends. Uh, we're not even sleeping in the same bed. We're no, just hanging no, out. No, Tim slept outside. I did. It was great. The <laughs> waves did. were crashing. It was so beautiful. Wait, I would like to know that you chose to sleep outside. I yeah, didn't. It's I hot didn't, AF out here. I didn't force you to sleep I outside. I'm sweating buckets. But with that. You have to say, yeah, I will take this for you because you just lost your train. No, what I'm saying is bringing it back to, it's just funny because it's like, I, I've never considered myself to be an intimidating person. Like I'm the goofiest person I know. I'm also the pettiest person I know. Maybe that's intimidating, but, but with that, I'm, I'm goofy. I'm fun loving. Like I can be very quiet, which I think that's a side that a lot of people don't get to see to me, which is quiet. And it can be interpreted as like moody or even dark or intense. Uh, when really it's just like I'm very introspective, I'm very reflective. So oftentimes I can get in my own head and just spin these stories and, and go in circles in my own head. And on the outside, it looks like I'm literally mad at the world. But but really inside, it's just a lot of conversation is happening internally and I'm processing through things. And on the outside, it just looks like blank face and very quiet. Yeah. And I know that that can be intimidating. But anyway, so you, you said you were intimidated and now we're on this friendship and you saw me dancing in the pool and you've seen me in my crazy hat and sunglasses and, and we were all playing beach volleyball and now i'm like you're like there's nothing to be afraid of right but <laughs> but but i think that came with confidence in myself like i'm not going to be yes i'm intimidated by other people but i also know what i bring to the table and like i shouldn't be scared or nervous about other people or what it came down to like what other people think of me I wow. think that's all intimidation is. Yeah. Is you see someone as, you're like, oh, what are they going to think of me? Why the fuck do you care? Yeah. What do, you, what do you think of you? Do you like what you see when you look in the mirror every day? Do you like you? What? what like? And so what if someone doesn't? What if someone looks at themselves and all the negative things that have been said about them, they're having an even more negative conversation with themselves. How do you pull yourself out of that hole where you're, you're going from basically being a self-fulfilling prophecy all these things that people are saying about you maybe it's even a mirror of what you're saying about you internally how do you break out of that how do you break out of that cycle how do you how do you start to put yourself in a place where people have no choice but to not not that you're influencing the way they think but they have no choice to see you as something because you're so grounded in yourself i think you have to honestly dive into the word of god because he made you with purpose and that is one thing that I go back to all the time every time that I have something awful happens and I just am like I'm actually I don't deserve this you have to remember that God loves you no matter what and that has been incredibly helpful and also like be your best hype girl I am my I am my biggest fan and I know that that probably sounds like I'm so full of myself but I will bet on myself every single time And you have to get to a place, like, the daily affirmations help so much. Even if you have just gone through the deepest of darkest things, you are still loved. Hmm. And maybe something happened where you don't feel like you're loved by the people around you. You're always loved by God. And that is one thing that, like, even when I'm going through awful things, I'm like, this is the worst. But, like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. If it hasn't killed you, God's not done with you. Yeah. 
back later, that would be great. Okay, thank, thank you. We just we just were uh, interrupted for a commercial break by the sweetest uh, cleaning room lady, and uh, she was very very kind and heavily masked. So I'm not even sure if it was a lady or not. Her voice was high though, so I'm guessing high. it was a lady. Uh, anyways, this commercial break brought to you by the Eldorado Suites in Cancun <laughs> and the cleaning lady who just gave us a nice little break in the episode. If your mind has been absolutely blown, this is your chance to put it back together for a quick second before Libby continues. And go. Go. Okay. Be but, your biggest hype girl. Yeah, be your biggest hype girl. Like, e- even if... Because I've had some... I looked in the mirror for 15 years and hated what I saw. Hmm. Wow. I actually... My mom just, my mom took a lot of pictures of me post-surgery after my Bell's palsy, and I didn't look at them until April of this year. That surgery was 10 years ago. I could not, I could not fathom looking at what I hated for so long. You have to be comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Owning up to your flaws is what you need to do first. That is how you get back to you. Own, own up to your bullshit. Like... Uh, own up to the things that you don't like. Like, mm, I'm incredibly stubborn. I'm incredibly stubborn. And once I admitted that, I was like, okay, this might be a pain point for a lot of things that I do. I have a very high work ethic, and that can drive people away too. Because <laughs> I don't mean, to, again, to sound like conceited or full of myself, but people who are a lot, you're going to push people away who are not fully developed in themselves. I'm a lot. I am incredible. I have been told I am incredibly intimidating to guys because I bring so much to the table. It's like, how do I... Because men are traditionally Wait, supposed you're, to... we're supposed to be intimidated with you? Shut up, <laughs> you jackass. <laughs> yes. You can only glare at me out of one side of your face. You know what? I will work on that. You know what? That is my next party trick. It's uh, and actually, I can't even do that because I got Botox done on the right side, so I can't even glare at you, really. Oh, my eyebrow's not even moving here. Yeah. I, like, never know if you're surprised or, like, happy. Or <laughs> I do know if you're sad, because you cry out of one eye. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, get friends who rip apart your flaws. <laughs> that is important. Good friends are important. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. And I think, to kind of match that, I think some of my fear, my biggest fears are, like, obviously, with the, the abandonment, some of my biggest flaws, too, that I've been told is, is again, I used... You know, in terms of being told I'm too much, um, I think for me, because I have such high expectations for myself, I have such high aspirations for me, I think that people who do life with me feel the pressure and the weight of those Mm -hmm. that I place on myself, and they translate those to mean it means the same thing for them, and that I have equally as high aspirations and, and, and expectations for them. And I think that that's really one thing that... For me, I've pressured myself for years is to have no expectations, no expectations. And I've come to realize, like, I love having high aspirations and expectations for myself. And that the, the right people will not translate that as meaning pressure towards them. Because everybody else in life, like, I'm in a season of my life where I'm just, I'm just out here, right? I'm just chilling. And everybody else around me, it can revolve in their own circle, doing their own thing, what they need to do. Now, if you're going to do life with me, I'm always going to to encourage you, to push you in the best of ways to find whatever your next level is. I just don't believe, I believe that, that you're either growing or you're dying. I don't think that there's an in-between. I don't think that there's a plateau there. I think a lot of people think they just hit a level and they're comfortable in that level and they just stay there. But no, 
it's like people's version of progress is is regressing slower and slower. Like that's their version of progress as opposed to growing into something, pushing forward into something. And I think when we use words like that, push, then it, it has a negative connotation mm-hmm. to it because it, it's a constant like grind. Yeah. And I don't mean that at all. I think when you have a vision for yourself or for what your life needs to look like that is so compelling, mm-hmm. it's going to pull you. Yeah. And I think that that's where there's a pain to that. There's a pain to staying stuck. There's a pain to, to being in the same place, but there's also a pain to growth and, yep. and the discomfort and the change, the constant evolution, that is painful as well. But again, like we talked about earlier, you got to choose your pain. And when yep. you have a purpose that's Ooh. bigger than your pain, yep. it makes the pain of growth worth it because every step you get closer to your purpose, it means something. Yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of people right now are feeling stuck. And where I can often feel stuck, especially in the area of relationships is feeling like you're constantly getting back to square one, going back to the drawing board where you made progress, where you opened up and recognizing the fact that the progress wasn't the fact that that a relationship made it, that it went long term, that you put a ring on a finger, that you had a kid with someone. The progress is an understanding all of the little bits of growth that happened over the journey, that all of the little ways in which you evolved and you got better over that period of time. And so to, to anyone out there that's sitting there listening to this, um, that's that's going through something really challenging and tragic, whether it's the loss of, of a relationship, whether it's the loss of a job or a career, whether it's the loss of, of possessions, whether it's the loss of a dream, it's okay to recognize that sometimes it just doesn't work out. And that doesn't mean that you're wrong for hoping, for dreaming, you're... Your vulnerability and your your efforts were not wasted. Your love was not a lost cause. Nope. You and you might feel empty and lost in moments, but true direction is going to come from within, from inside of you, yes. and that's never going to be from another thing or another person. And you will find your way again. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a process, but you you gotta you gotta let yourself. Ugly cry a little bit. You got to let yourself feel your feelings. You got to have your routines or the consistent growth steps that are going to help you realize that pouring into and investing in a... And don't you love it when in the middle of the most profound statement leading into the most profound question, your recording cuts out because you went the time limit. No! We just lost the best 10 minutes of the whole episode, but don't worry. We're going to re-record it. We're trying to recapture the magic. We just have to let ourselves come down off the frustration of realizing that, hey, we're in Mexico right now. It's all good. There's a slightly cloudy sky obscuring the sun from continuing to burn the shit out of my skin. You are so burnt. I don't understand. I'm very burnt. And I did sunscreen twice yesterday. Only twice in Mexico. And there's a solitary dolphin. And <laughs> there's palm trees. And, and uh, Tim hit me there's with- going to be beach volleyball later. And... I hit Libby out of the blue. I got the most candid, beautiful response to this question I'm about to ask her. And I'm so sad that it didn't record the first time. And now she's had time to think about it. And so it's probably going to be a better answer. But I was really trying to show you guys that it's hard to podcast. And when you throw a question that your your interviewee, is that how you say it? Was not expecting. Sometimes you get a really, really cool answer. But it's not the one you were thinking you were going to get. Anyway, okay. So we're going to wrap this up. And I want to wrap this up with this question because we've talked about loving people. We've talked about losing people. We've talked about 
at the stages that we individually go through in all of those seasons and how to rebuild and move forward. And that bird agrees with me. This is really good. What would you say, to wrap this up and tie it with a bow, if you're confronting the people that you've loved and that you've lost, you've mentioned Mr. Marine, stateside curveball. You've mentioned your dad, right, as a couple of those people. But what would you say to people now, in hindsight, knowing how you've grown as a person and what you're becoming and what you're building what would you say to them now? What would you want them to know about you and how you feel, not only about them, but how you feel about the situation, what you want them to know about you? And um, yeah, just take it away. Um, I think for the stateside curveball in particular, I grew so much from that. And although it didn't end the way that I wanted it to, it ended exactly the way that God intended it to. And there was so much growth that came from that. Um, I did, I did reach out to him finally uh, over Memorial Day weekend and got a little bit of the closure, but I just, I don't know, I don't really have a, I don't have a ton to, I don't have a ton to say, but then you talk to my, my dad and I don't, I don't really know. Like, I'm grateful for it because growing up without a dad, I've learned a lot and I'm almost... I'm, I'm more grateful for it because I wouldn't be me without it. And I think I've learned to stand on my own two feet so hard. And it, it forced me to grow up. It forced me to learn those things. And as I heal this wound, because it's taken me a long time to heal the wound, it, it's just teaching me what I do want in a spouse and what I want my kids. You get to pick... Okay. You get to pick your spouse. Your kids don't get to pick their parents. Choose wisely. Hmm. And I just think that I don't I don't have much to say because I've kind of just let it go. I don't really I think if I were to see him, my initial like reaction might be a little bit different, but I don't have much to say. Those are seasons of my life that came and went. I'm giving a different answer than what I did before. You but, did. You that's okay. But I just think that those were seasons of my life that provided value and I'm grateful for them. I'm not, I'm not angry. Hmm. I just kind of let it go, but maybe thank you. Thank you for cheating on me. I appreciate it. Like, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't really, I still don't really know. You asked me this question 10 minutes ago and I still don't know the answer to it. It's a good one to sit on. It's a good one to think about. But at the same time, what would you say to them? I don't really give a shit. Hmm. I don't, I don't care. I don't care enough to sit and think of what I would say to them if I had the opportunity. They are not sitting and thinking about what they what they would say to me. And if they are, I'm not going to allow I'm not going to sit and wonder what they would say to me if they saw me. It doesn't it doesn't matter. They they're not in your life. They don't want to be in your life, and I'm not going to spend any of my extra energy worrying about what I would do or what I wouldn't do if they were in my life. They're not I'm going to accept that and I'm going to move on. You chose to leave. That's fine. You weren't intended to be in my life for a long period of time anyway. I think, I think that that's it. I think I don't, I think I'm struggling because I don't have anything that I would say to them. I don't give a shit. There you go. There, that's, 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 that's the honest, that's the honest, real answer. <clears throat> that's good. That's good. There's nothing. I tried to, I tried to like butter it there yeah, at you, first. It was, it, was, it was a little bit sweeter it was at sweeter. first. It was, it was slightly more kind in terms of, the, but I like the fact that this is more authentic. I like the fact that yeah. thinking through it the second time, you're, you're getting more clear on it. Yeah, I and, just don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't have the energy to care. 
I wouldn't, I don't think I would say anything. Yeah. You're investing that energy in other places yeah. and in other people that are choosing to be here. Yeah. And I, I think it. sometimes people think that they need, need to have something to say. You don't always have to have, have to have something to say about a situation. Yeah. You don't have to say you're sorry. You don't like, and maybe that's something I need to work on. Maybe I need to learn to apologize for what? For what? Yeah. If somebody wrongs you, okay, this, I'm going to say this. Sorry, I know that we said we were wrapping up, but this is a hard lesson that <laughs> I good. had to learn. If somebody wrongs you, yeah. don't be the one to fucking apologize. Why are you saying sorry? Because yeah. that was one of the first things that I wanted to do to stateside per curveball was apologize. Why the fuck am I apologizing that he decided to cheat on me while he was deployed? Hmm. You, could, you couldn't keep it in your pants for that long. That is not my problem. So where do you think that comes from, that urge to apologize? Well, that's a people pleaser thing. Right? Is it? I, I don't know. Is it? You t- you're the one that felt it. You I don't me. know. I don't know where it comes from, but that was something that I, I always felt like everything was always my fault. So I always felt the need to apologize to like make 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 the situation peaceful. No. And so who is making you feel that way? Probably me a long time ago. But I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. At all. If somebody if somebody wrongs you, yeah. don't apologize. Don't apologize. They, they did what they did. Now, if you did something, then yes, say you're sorry. But, I, no, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. And I think that that stands for the stateside curveball situation, and that stands for my dad. Why should I apologize? You walked out of my life as a grown-ass fucking adult. You walked out of my life. That's not my fault. I'm not going to apologize for being a bad daughter. That's not, no. I'm a kid. I'm right. not a kid anymore, although I'd like to pretend. But I think that I think you're that that's that. You're a kid. I th- I think that that's why I don't have anything to say to them because I. What would I say? I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. You should you should be sorry, but I'm not. You can I'm, tell them that you saw a dolphin. I <laughs> shut the fuck up. Okay, I'm very hungry. What would you, who would you, yeah, how would you do that? I I think for me, I think I always get introspective about these things, and I think for me, I always try and and see through the lens of not only like what I'm feeling about it and I'm right there with you I think I'm always the one that feels the urge to apologize to make things right and I think it's it's a beautiful part of my character and my my what I bring to life but it's also it also can be detrimental because it can be more of a manipulation it can be me fixing the situation me apologizing not because like you said I've done something wrong but me apologizing just to make things better so that we're not in conflict we're not in tension or that I don't feel that and and we have to call that out for what it is is it really an apology. No. Is it really feeling sorry or broken when you haven't done something wrong? Now, Amen. I'm not saying I'm not saying that there's not always two sides to everything. I'm not saying that there's that there's a perfect person and a an imperfect person. There's perfect. always going to be <laughs> there's always going to be things that we could do better. And I think that that it's on us. It's it's my responsibility for me to take responsibility and to evaluate what could I have done differently? How could I have shown up or how did I show up that encouraged behaviors I was not looking for in other people? And is there a part that I played in that? That's the first question. And there may or may not be. And with that, if I'm apologizing for the role that I played, that's an apology. But if I'm apologizing for the situation, is that not just manipulating the situation to try and make things better? And manipulation has got to go. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have healthy relationships, you got to stop manipulating feelings. Yep. And we have to understand that, that if you're out there and you're a people pleaser like us, recovering people pleaser, yeah. then 
a lot of our behaviors were never done. We tell ourselves are done with good intent because when it happens and we manipulate that person's behavior and everything's quote unquote all right again, <laughs> we feel like we did the right thing because everything's all right again. But really all we did was we used something to change the situation, aka manipulate it, in order for things to be all right again so that we can feel better about it. That's all we did. That's but it. with that... Um, after having evaluated me and my behavior and, and evaluating my relationships with people, I just really, I really do want to apologize for a sense of how I've showed up in some of my relationships, um, whether it was with friends or with family. I think there have been seasons where um, I've had friendships and I, I didn't communicate the best and I, I didn't talk through where I was at and I wasn't completely honest and I, I withheld information. I was not vulnerable. I was not transparent with friends and I, I gave them a very surface level version of me. And for that, I, I'm really sorry. If you're listening to this and you feel like you never got to know the real me, if you feel like I never gave you the time of day, if you feel like I never, I never fully saw you or understood you or, or heard you, because I was too busy talking and being and doing myself. Um, I'm really sorry. And I hope that you know that I'm rapidly growing into a space of more openness and receiving other people the way they are as opposed to being focused on my own agenda. For people in my family who have, have been in conflict with me or in conflict with each other right now, I just want you to know that I apologize for... Um, energy that I've brought to the equation that may have been less than friendly, for ways in which I may have been less than kind, um, for ways in which I've manipulated those family relationships and, and tried to make things better for my own gain. Um, and I just want you to know that I have nothing but love for you and, and that I'm sit holding a space through all the family conflict for us to be whole again. And in whatever form that looks like, I don't have an expectation, but whatever it means for everybody to feel good about themselves and to feel healthy about themselves. For all of my past relationships, you know, I, I, I really, really believe in protecting the people that I've loved. And that's why I'm not using any names in this right now. And I know I said it earlier, but I do believe that we grow from all of our collisions. And I've had some pretty incredible collisions along the way. And I say that with love. You know, there's been people from, from you know, high school and undergrad. And I, I'm really sorry for the way that I showed up immature and, and that I was self-centered and selfish. And I was focused on what was right for me. And, um, you know, and I hope you know that. Uh, I, I really root for you. And I hope that you're doing well. Um, and for... Um, Chicago uh, in the relationship that, that we shared. I, I really hope that um, you and your family are, are doing well. You taught me so much. You taught me about what it meant to have a sense of adventure and how to, you, you were one of the first people in my life that encouraged me to start taking care of myself um, and exercising and working out regularly and eating better. And, um, and I'm really appreciative of that. I carry that with me to this day. And I know that we don't talk anymore and I haven't talked in, in, in a decade. And I just hope that you know that um, I still think about you sometimes and, and hope that you're doing well only positively and uh, I'm excited for the things that you're building with your husband and your new family and um, for um, you know the, the, the people that I've met along the way in, in, in Georgia and Alabama and Ohio and um, in Colorado, just um, really, really beautiful interactions with some people there and I hope that you guys know that. I know I didn't always show up present and I was focused on building what I thought was my career, what I thought was the end all be all of my life. And I hope that you know that that really means the world to me that you guys were a season of my life and you helped me grow and helped me evolve. And um, to London, I think you, you are probably one of my favorite stories just because we experienced so much growth in such a short period of time and being from two different cultures, two different sides of the ocean and 
um, being able to learn from each other and grow. And you have the most fucking amazing accent, and it was really, really cool <laughs> to just have conversations because it was so different. And uh, I love the fact that you're building a family there over there, and it looks like you guys are doing well, and I'm glad that we're still friends and that we connect from time to time, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And last but not least, you know, to the latest latest collision that I was able to grow from in the most beautiful way, you know, to Montana. Um, you know, I just really hope that you know that if there's one thing that I could tell you um, from our experience and from the expiration of our time together, I, I know that I know that you're on an important journey and I know that it was necessary for you to go to a place where you can rely on you and count on you and care for you and, and heal yourself without outside noise or pressure from anybody, even people that care about you and, and for you to help you feel safe again and to hope again and to dream again. And I love what I saw from you from uh, about family and growth. And I loved what I learned from you about um, about just what it was like to open up to somebody again, to learn how to love somebody again. And, um, and I, I'll forever cherish that. And I just want you to know that if the day ever comes when you need it, you can count on me to be a safe space for you, to be the fullest version of yourself, the best expression of you. And, it, and having no judgment or expectation on that. And, you know, to wrap this up and tie with a bow, Libby, I, I've just really enjoyed being able to connect with you about this as we both heal individually, yeah. um, but also, you know, heal together, share these stories. It's cathartic to know that you're not alone in this. And if you're listening to this episode and you're feeling similarly, or you've recently gone through loss or heartbreak, or maybe you're trying to build something and you feel a sense of loneliness at building on your own, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. And I really hope right now that you don't feel alone. There's people in your corner. We're in your corner. Reach out to us at any point in time. Um, and we're happy to support you and cheer for you in whatever way that we can. And if you're combating with some loneliness right now, reach out to some people that you care about, that you know are in your corner. And let them walk through this with you. Be vulnerable with them. Be open with them. And let them support you in this journey. And, and we're going to be excited to hear about that. Libby, how can people stay in touch with you? How can they follow you? Uh, Instagram. Life with Libby. And TikTok. She's really famous on TikTok. I don't know if I said that. Stop. I, the thing is, I barely post on TikTok. 48,000 followers. Okay, but that was one video that made She had me, one video. I had one video go viral. It um, went viral. But, yeah. Instagram, Life with Libby. YouTube, Life with Libby. That's new, so hang with me as I figure out the YouTube realm. Uh, and if you want workout plans, coming yes, in August. Yes, coming in August. Workout plans coming in August. Is that going to be with on the Life with Libby thing, or is uh, that going to be a different thing? Nope. I think I'm going to keep it Life with Libby. I don't want to. I don't want to make another page. Everything is just Life with Libby. Okay. Or if you can't find it, just Libby Parrington. I'm, okay. I'm trying to like find all my. Yeah. No. Just Life with Libby on Instagram. What is it on TikTok? Just, just so Tim can. Yeah, just Libby Parrington on TikTok. Libby Parrington, P-E-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, the number seven, the letter Q. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Libby Parrington, you could be follower number 48,001 if you go there now and follow her. Um, but anyways, uh, Libby, thank you so much for taking this time. This has been a beautiful conversation. I'm glad that we documented this so I that I can too. go back and listen to it over and over again whenever I'm in, my, in the pits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Same. I can recognize it won't always be this way. It won't always be this way. Oh, gosh. But with that, um, I just appreciate you taking this time and, and uh, you know, understanding what's, you know, what's, what's really important. Well, thanks and, for having uh, me. 
Yeah. Thanks for bringing me to Cancun. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad you could come and we could sharpen each other in not only our friendship, but in our volleyball skills because I kicked her butt yesterday. Our whole team played. Listen. Or most I of our team played. Too many and and I was, okay. I had the game winning point. And I just need the record to show this. Okay. I've I never played volleyball. To, we are not telling the story. I do not play volleyball. I need to, I need to start. I'm a basketball player. And yet I had the ace of a serve right over her head. And she even said right before this. She says, the last thing I will leave you with, because this is what's most important about this whole episode, is she said, looked up and said, I will not be the reason that this team loses. And seconds later, I hit the serve of my life, and she watched it go right over her head. It skimmed the top of her head as it literally fell gracefully well within the boundary I thought it of was being out. inbounds. And a beautiful ace of a serve. And, and I say all that to say in this analogy that I hope that you're having an ace of a day and uh, in the season in your life right now. And if not, feel free to reach out to us. We love you, and uh, we'll connect with you soon. Bye, y'all. You did it. You reached the end, and hopefully you're one conversation, one episode closer to that breakthrough, to that success that you've been searching for. Again, you can like it, love it, share it, subscribe, whatever you want to do. I'm just grateful that you're here along for the ride, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.